I was thinking about recommending that movie you recommended Triple Threat, but uh, I really like the music channel I found. Oh, nice. Yeah, Triple Plus Triple Threat, it had that scene where the dude calls the guys to come to the police station. They just massacre all the police officers. Mm-hmm. And like the guy at the end is like, there's all jokey jokey with the other guys. Like, no, didn't you see the part of the movie where he just basically called the Terminators on yeah. the police station? Yeah, a little disconnect. <laughs> this is never brought up. That's never like, uh, I don't know. Did you have an explanation for that, Jeff? I hope you did because oh, no. I, I didn't even remember that until you said something. I honestly, like when I watch movies like that, sometimes I zone out in between the fight scenes. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. So I know I have no explanation. <laughs> Sorry. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And this week, or this minute, we're covering Minute 79 of Predator. Minute 79 opens with Dutch swimming away from the waterfall and it ends with a muddy Dutch crawling backwards. A muddy Dutch. (laughs) Is that what you're drinking tonight, Jeff? A muddy Dutch with extra muddy. Mmm. Uh, this is also a very wet minute, but then we transition to a very muddy minute. Ooh, muddy minute. Mm. <laughs> Not the name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of someone else's sex tape. Someone else. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, you do no. <laughs> you do you. You do mud. Or you do but whoever. Um, <laughs> wherever. <laughs> um, no, I'm not drinking a, a muddy Dutch. I have a... Uh, a gin and tonic tonight, actually. <laughs> and I'm drinking a Dickens cider. <laughs> so, fellas, for the sake of the economy, get a Dickens cider. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they would do those commercials, they'd use like a New England accent. And they'd be like, "Ah, oh, Dickens cider, wide mouth." And don't forget to try the long neck Dickens cider, <laughs> and. The Dick Insider Wide Mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Dick Insider. (laughs) Okay, okay. Seriously, though. Oh, boy. We're only a minute in, and we've already devolved into... (laughs) A muddy Dick Insider. Okay, so (laughs) do you want to take it uh, from the top here? Oh, I do. Uh, okay. All right. So, uh, minute, what are we? Minute 79. Here we go. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to break this into two parts, as we often do. And this yeah. first part is going to be uh, the first 45 seconds of the minute. We carry over from the last minute. Dutch is continuing to swim down the river from the waterfall. He stops to look ahead. He continues to swim. The camera pans to follow him as he swims toward the shore. Dutch then approaches the shore, resting his beefy body and face <laughs> in the mud of the shore. Uh, but that's about it. Read word for word from the show seconds. notes. <laughs> we have 45 seconds of him swimming here, essentially, and pulling himself up onto the muddy shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just just a wet, then muddy minute, or muddy, whatever, 45 seconds of him continually escaping the predator and 
Um, uh, it looks to be like he found a good resting spot for a little bit where he can maybe rest his bones, rest his wound, rest his wet body. Yeah. And this is uh, definitely actually Schwarzenegger that's uh, doing this swimming. You can mm-hmm. get a nice close up on his face there as he swims by the camera. So that's mm-hmm. cool. He got to take a nice little dip that day, cool yeah, himself I, in the waters. Yeah, cool himself in the waters. <laughs> oh. I, I, <laughs> My aching bison tries. <laughs> well, the bison tries. Uh, I love what you what you say. Is you said last minute. You said, "Oh, it's the holy water." It's the holy water. <laughs> I, I clipped that as a tone. Yeah, it does. You know, I, I gave them a hard time last minute for not making him favor the left shoulder mm. after he was mm. shot, and I still don't make him favor the left shoulder. But uh, in this minute, I am noticing. As he swims and as he lays in the mud, lies in the mud, uh, you do see that shoulder wound where it must have hit him in the in the meat vein, as Eric Siska said a couple <laughs> right. minutes ago. Yeah, you, you can kind of see that there, can't you? Although I have a feeling it would be much worse in real life, but you can see the the special effects there, the little makeup work on his shoulder. They kept that in, so that's good. It would be really bad if he was bleeding all over in the water. That might, you know, signal the 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 predators in the water or whatnot, the deadly animals who, you know, smell the scent of blood possibly. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be fine. And there's an argument to be made that the laser cannon, as it grazed his arm there, kind of cauterized it as it made the wound. Uh, It might be kind of sealed up just by the nature of uh, the laser. Yeah. Just like it did with Blaine, I ain't got time to bleed. Right, right. I ain't got time to bleed. Hmm. Where they, he, he says, right, just like you said, just cauterized and uh, there was no blood flowing out. No powder burns, no shrapnel. The wounds all fused, cauterized. Well, I guess there was a lot of like residual blood and guts around, but <laughs> there, yeah. it wasn't like a running out wound. So we get some nice camera work on this shot. Right. Yeah. Beautiful camera work. We're actually with the carryover from the last minute. We take the last five seconds of that minute and the first 25 seconds of this minute to show him swimming from the base of the waterfall all the way to the shore. Yeah, That's nice, about a 30 second wonder. Nice wonder. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm wondering it, the camera seems mostly stationary. It kind of follows him as he swims behind that rock and the camera's kind of moving there, but then pauses and then it just kind of swings and turns and follows him. So it's pretty clear to me that there was a handheld camera operator here that was kind of standing there in the water, most likely sort of following him along as he swam to the shore. Yeah. yeah. Great. Like you're saying, combination of shots here. I really enjoy the shot of him when it transitions at the end of last minute to the beginning of this minute, when it's tracking him mm-hmm. side by side as he you know, swims next to that rock. It just really fools, I think, someone maybe watching this for the first time because it appears like almost like a little set, mm. like a standalone set. And then you see, you know, that pan out as he or that whatever, the zoom out a little bit as he swims toward the shore. We're realizing he is on location still. This isn't like some isolated pool they created with water features and rock features and slashing all that. It's part of a real breathing landscape. And I really appreciate that about this shot and this movie. Yeah. It's the real deal. We don't do sound stages. 
<laughs> Real rocks. We're alive. We're alive. It's rocks in the, the dirt in the jungle. In the, we, it's really my bison that tries and we're swimming. The bison that tries. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, yeah, speaking of, right, doing it live and on location, uh, you're seeing the blue fog in the background. That's indicating that it is dusk in the jungle. I learned that from listening to oh. John McCommentary's commentary. Hey, John commentary. He, gave us a yeah. nugget. he gave us a little nugget. He said this sequence of the waterfall jump and then the mud escape from the predator, we'll talk about next minute, uh, all, t- all took them all in total took them about a week to film because they're filming these shots all during dusk. So you Mm. can imagine dusk having such a small window in which to shoot just to have the right lighting and the right shot. And I guess the right fog, because I don't hear anything about them adding fog that they're able to put all these shots together and keep it all the same lighting all throughout the sequence. And that's not something I usually think about, honestly, about how long it takes to film just a single scene. It's, it's mind boggling to think of all the setup and you have, I'm sure people using telemetry and all sorts of measuring tools, but yeah, credit to McTiernan and uh, his, what is it? Director of photography. What do we call that? Yeah. DOP. DOP. Is that what? Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's uh, Don McAlpine, the, Australian guy. <laughs> and that has been our recurring segment, Dutch at Dusk. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying some Dutch at Dusk. Dutch at Dusk. Also that a good nice. drink name. Yeah. You should make that one up. Muddy Dutch and... Dutch at Dusk. Dutch at Dusk. Mm, both involve whiskey, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, la- last thing I want to talk about before we switch over mm-hmm. is uh, in the commentary... McTiernan is also talking about right here this minute where you see <laughs> Dutch and you see this giant tree on the shore at the same in the same shot. It's about second 20 to second 25. Uh, McTiernan is, how dare you? <laughs> you like have the paper's made of bones, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now you're making me feel like I have to call. You don't have to cough. Here, have a drink of booze. Booze. <laughs> what was I? <laughs> I don't know. I can't listen to this. Talking about a tree. McTiernan. McTiernan is talking about a stupid tree they built in the gorge. Okay, McTiernan is talking about a giant tree they built in the gorge here in this second. I don't, or I guess, a, does it say tree or log? Oh, dang it, Jeff. Oh, slog. Ugh. Whatever. He's talking about the tree log. They started all over again. <laughs> Okay, something else I wanted to talk about in this minute before we move on to uh, whatever happens to Dutch next is uh, during this 20-second to 25-second period, Dutch is swimming toward the shore. You see a giant tree on the shore. In the commentary, John McTiernan is talking about a giant tree that they built in a gorge. What I have to imagine is he has to be talking about the tree I talked about a few minutes ago where Billy stands alone on it to face the predator. And then later on in the movie, Dutch and the predator have a few scenes facing off around and on the log. Do you, do you think that's it? Look at the, the tree in the background at second 25, where there's that big log that's kind of sitting on that big trunk, but it's going horizontal. See what I'm talking about? Yeah, I guess that could be it. I'll have to. It's possible that they did those shots up on top of that. Yeah. 
Um, and then they're just reusing this area for this scene. So that would be minute 76. I have that already pulled up with an image, of course. I think what's hard is if you look at the whole log on the whole log uh, on minute 76 where Billy is facing off with the predator. If you remember, if you remember, they had what looked like a matte painting under the log. So it's hard to see the actual shape of the log versus in this minute. There's not a matte painting there. It's just right. a tree with that giant log sticking out. So, yeah, may- maybe that's it. Maybe that is the log. I'm watching the minute side by side with minute 76 where Billy's facing off on the log. He's standing there. He's about to be killed by the predator. Uh, but in the yeah, in the time before he's killed, when you see the log, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to know. So if he's mentioning it here, that's really odd timing. Why wouldn't he mention that before when he didn't have anything else to say in other right. minutes and you see the log? I don't know. No one can get into McTiernan's head. No, Isn't except for any- McTiernan. Except for McTiernan, yeah. <laughs> All right, should we shift over here to the second part of this minute, which is the uh, more exciting uh, portion, if you ask me? Let's talk about where second 45 leaves off and second 46 picks up. Let's do it because at the end of last section, Muddy Dutch was in full effect. He <laughs> crawled himself up onto this very muddy shore and he face plants kind of into the mud, uh, clearly taking a breather. And uh, right as we, the audience, kind of relax and take a breather with him, um, we get, uh, he begins to, or excuse me, uh, something lands a big splash occurs right behind him in the water um dutch then looks back over his shoulder his face half covered in the mud and he turns around or kind of rolls over onto his back and begins to crawl backward away from the water clearly scared of what he has seen we cut back to the water and something is moving towards the shore and we quickly cut back to dutch um, now even more covered in mud and continuing to crawl backward and minute. Mm. Mm. This is a fun scene right here. I, I really like the way this is built up because the last 45 seconds has been kind of a very calm shot of Dutch kind of swimming through these calm, very pristine and clean jungle waters. We feel like he's dropped down all these waterfalls. He swam away. <laughs> He's found this muddy bank to crawl up on. At the very least, he has bought himself, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes of time, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And that splash, when it occurs, is so effective because we as the audience have calmed down as well. And that splash hits and we jump just the way Dutch's heart must jump up into his chest. Yeah, maybe not as intensely as yeah. Dutch's heart. <laughs> yeah. like we're just like, oh my gosh, that's, yeah. that's yeah. kind of a scary part of the movie, but yeah, I, I really like how they kind of telegraph what's going to happen with Dutch moving to the foreground and resting, but you still clearly have the calm water in the background. And right, if, if you're a Jaws fan, you can't help but think of Jaws in this moment <laughs> yes. and something attacking him from the water. Well, especially like music cue, yeah. right? When that music jumps in, didn't yes. you think of Jaws immediately? Well, the, the first cue is just this kind of high-pitched, I think it's strings. Hmm. I'll have to listen where it goes. Yeah, it's definitely strings. And then later on when you see, and then later on when you see something moving through the water, you have Jaws-like music. But don't worry, it's not Jaws music like da-da-da-da-da-da. 
it's it's totally different totally different if you're thinking about jaws then you know that's an accident but also a fortunate accident Mm. this is also straight out of a horror movie haunted house movie yes like this this technique where you lull the audience into calming down because a big piece of action or something kind of big and dramatic has just happened and we are coming out of that. And like you said, Dutch has found this place to rest, but the water is still in the background. So in the audience, we're watching Dutch, but we still have this vast blue area behind that we can't ignore. It's similar to if a character in a horror movie has, you know, escaped or maybe, you know, found refuge in a, in a room or something in a, a haunted house style movie or a home invasion style movie, but they put the the main character like in the foreground mm-hmm. and the back of the room is still in focus. And maybe you see a door open or a, something crash through a window, right? It's that same technique to lull mm-hmm. you into a false sense of security and then surprise you with something quick. I, th- I think it also rewards the viewers if you are familiar with those tropes, kind of yeah. much like uh, when in a horror movie or suspense movie, someone is brushing their teeth, you know, and looking in the mirror, they open up the medicine cabinet, they oh, spit yeah. out whatever, then they stand back up or whatever, they straighten back up and they, they close the medicine cabinet. And then you're totally expecting something to be in the mirror. Right. And right. Whether there is or isn't that's the expectation and you're being rewarded for that. I, I think if you're knowing your tropes and you see Dutch just relaxing, but you can tell that as beefy as his body is, there's still a <laughs> good chunk of the screen devoted to the background. Then you're, yeah, we're going to probably feel rewarded for thinking something's there. Like, yeah. Oh, he's not giving up, which I, I think, I think is really good to show this trait of the predator, just keeping with it, just persevering and uh, not giving up on his quarry. Mm. Quarry? Quarry. Quarry? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really solid. And uh, we're going to discuss the mud in probably great detail uh, next minute because it comes into play here. But uh, we, the very final shot of that minute is him really scrambling up out of the riverbank and he's fully covered from head to toe in that mud. So muddy. So, so muddy. muddy. We're going to leave this until next minute to talk more about the iconic nature of this mud but yeah seeing this is, is very exciting because um as a longtime viewer of this movie you, you know it's about to happen you know that we're going to learn a huge huge uh weak point in the army or yeah yes. weak point in the predator's armor yes <laughs> that was sarah's phone he was meditating right. oh okay <laughs> i thought it was a gong <laughs> um, yeah very very peaceful uh, so I, I want to give credit to Joseph Parker. He actually brings up this scene as one of the scenes that was heavily edited for television. And this was in the Palapa. He, he mentioned this, oh, correct? Yeah, thank you. And, yeah. and the Predator Minute listeners Palapa, which is our listeners group for Predator Minute on Facebook. Target's the center of the Palapa! Uh, he, he is talking about the edit, and he says, in the original cut, the Predator apparently jumps off the waterfall tumbles or swims question mark through the rapids falls off more waterfalls uh, ending up where dutch did moments after he did so i love the you know the the mental gymnastics or the mental picture this puts in your brain of dutch going through all these things and then the predator just 
give, giving his own like, oh, shit, yeah. and falling <laughs> off. Right, and right. Going over the 100-foot waterfall and then like the 30-foot waterfall. I do love how that's left to your imagination. But you have yeah. to you have to think the Predator kind of just did the same thing. I, I suppose he could have like aerobatically uh, jumped around from limb to limb all the way down there. But I'm thinking he maybe just jumped into the water from pool to pool like – like uh yeah. did yeah i think if he did that i think if he was already just jumping around like branch to branch or something like that he wouldn't bother to jump in the water he would just kind of exactly. circumvent the whole situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's so it's it's it, we call the predator cheap all the time I'm like <laughs> right. a, a wuss and a cheater but you know here i think the predator's earning some stripes by just doing all the same things that dutch just did yeah he's um he's dedicated to hunting down his prey here yeah, and man, I really hope something doesn't happen to Dutch here because that means that's going to be the end of the podcast, the end of the movie. So. Oh, that's true. Oh. oh man, I hope I hope he does okay. Hopefully, Dutch can think, you know, on his back, covered in <laughs> mud. Hmm. Hmm. He does get covered in a lot. I always felt like when I would watch this movie when I was younger that the amount of mud on his body was um, <laughs> disproportionate to the amount of crawling in the mud that he had done, but. You know, who am I to judge? I, I love when he puts his face down just right in the mud for a big old mud <laughs> right. pie right there. <laughs> and and his he's like exhaling into the mud. He makes like this big like because you could tell he must just be holding his breath for however long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably can't breathe through the mud, but he's also having a big good face full of mud. It's it's it seems like it'd be fun doing some of this, but knowing how they you know, in Hollywood movies they're continually asking for take after take it would probably be old after the first couple of times yeah right but he makes he makes a really good reactionary face like he's just terrified he he no longer is the man with the plan he is i would say just yeah. <laughs> he is out of energy out of ideas <laughs> just backing up it's full-on survival instinct right now yep yeah yeah, just survival, just flight, but he doesn't have the energy for flight. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have anything else to add for this section? Talk about Jaws. We'll talk about mud more next minute. <laughs> um, gosh, we always ask each other, like, oh, have you done this thing? Have you ever, like, have you covered, <laughs> have you ever covered your whole body in mud? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, I have never there. been that covered in mud. To be honest, I one time I <laughs> slipped on a golf course, uh, <laughs> and one foot like slipped down this embankment, and one of my feet landed in this really disgusting like bog. It was like a water hazard, but it was just stagnant like stale water, and it was really just like a bog with like reeds growing out of it. Mm-hmm. And it was so thick that when I pulled my foot up, my shoe came off and I never could find my shoe. Oh my gosh. So I had to just be, I had to just go back and like clean myself <laughs> up and just go home with only one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really similar story. Like when I was a teenager, uh, my dad took us to, I think it was North Seattle area. It was like maybe Ballard or somewhere around there where the neighborhood is on this big hill. And then uh, brother Aaron and I were like walking in the hill there and the downslope and there was a base of mud there. And then I put my foot in the mud and 
couldn't pull my shoe out with my foot. My shoe was left behind. I never found it. I remember being so embarrassed. We would like walk back to my dad's friend's house and (laughs) I'm covered in mud and missing a shoe. (laughs) And it's worse because then you like reach down into the mud trying to find your shoe. Now your arm's covered in mud and then everything's muddy. Yeah. But you know who couldn't find the shoe is the predator. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. You couldn't find that shoe. Yeah, it's gone forever. <laughs> so you, um, yeah, yeah, you are the predator, yeah. is what we're saying. Yeah, I'm basically saying I'm, I'm the predator. Uh, you know, do you think? I bet Eric Deutsch has a story about losing his shoe. <laughs> <in the box. laughs> Keep on calling out Eric. He's going to stop listening to the show. <laughs> oh no, no! I want mud stories. Hey, Eric, tell us about a time you covered your body in mud. Come on, <laughs> you set us up. It's all bullshit. He <laughs> was probably with Carl Weathers at a party. <laughs> and Bill Duke. Mac, 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 And Bill Duke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> all good right. Uh, yeah, so Predator Minute listeners, Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa! Uh, yeah, if you haven't joined the discussion on Facebook, please do so if you're down to discuss some things. Uh, we are the Predator Minute listeners, Palapa, target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. And uh, with today being more of a shorter discussion, I want to give a shout out to the people who are on the Predator Minute listeners, Palapa. It's a good group of people and really like hearing people's opinions about things and when they meet famous people or just saying nice things about the show, which is always nice. I really, really, really appreciate that and just really warms my heart. So I, it's okay with you, Jeff. I'd love to read through the members on the Predator Minute listeners, Palapa. Hey, why not? Let's do it. All right. So there's me, of course, John Zabriskie. There's my wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. I'll just say Sarah Rainwater. Don't give the middle name away. <laughs> uh, but if you're on the if you're on the Palapa page, you're going to know everybody's names as they're displayed. We have you, Jeff Glover. Hey. Hey, we have Eric Deutsch, who it says is a founding member. You set us up. It's all bullshit. Uh, Zach Zabriskie, that's my brother. Aaron Zabriskie, also my hey. brother. They've both been on the show multiple times. Alan Batchelder, he's been on the show. Uh, Doug Barbo, or Barbo. I'm just going to go with Doug Barbo. Uh, also listed as a founding member. Tobias Capwell, we've had on the show, and we will hopefully have on the show uh, in a few more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Zabriskie, my cousin, he's, he's been on the show a couple of times. Tavares Cadfor, hmm. Christian Morales, who just, I believe, joined and posted for the first time. Really uh, good to hear from Christian. Anna Glover, hey, your wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. Never listened to an episode, by the way. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Not very wrong with that. <laughs> She's probably busy doing, you know, professional things and right. all that. <laughs> Tom Fahey, Blake Kibbe, Brian Campus, and I always want to say Brian Krampus, like the <laughs> the evil Santa Claus, but he's not evil Santa Claus. He's a founding member of the Predator Minute. Why <laughs> not? <laughs> Joseph Parker, who posts quite a bit of good information and yeah, brings up good ideas for yeah things to discuss. So thank you, Joseph Parker. Uh, Brian O'Dell. Hey, Bill buddy. Stewart. Oh, do you know Brian O'Dell? I do. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah. Oh, all right. Bill Stewart, my stepfather. Uh, Ian McLeod. Aaron DeBoer. Levi Polkinen. Oh, another buddy of mine. All right. Petri Eskalinen. 
from Helsinki, apparently. Ooh. Cool. Uh, Chris Dillon Nonis. Dylan. 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 <laughs> Niall McGowan, who I believe is the host of the Bat Minute podcast. Yeah. Yes, he is. And Nick Martin. Oh, that's another friend of mine. Hey, there you hey. go. So yeah. that is the rundown of members of the Predator Minute listeners, Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa! On Facebook. And if, again, you would like to discuss that in a larger group, and if you would like to discuss topics we bring up on the podcast in a larger group, feel free to join the Predator Minute listeners, Palapa. Nice. But without further ado, Jeff, I guess we'll just hop into recommends. Yeah, that sounds good. Hmm. I have a recommend today. So I have not been doing a good job with my pledge to uh, recommend <laughs> action movies streaming on Netflix. I had this whole plan. I tagged a whole bunch of them, put them in my queue, and I just got wrapped up in a whole bunch of other TV shows that are really good that are on right now. But anyway, hmm. uh, I wanted to recommend an oldie but a goodie today. Um, sort of, uh, Somewhat in honor, well, definitely in honor of uh, one of the great horror movie directors that has recently passed away. Oh, no. That man's name is Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon made a number of horror movies. Many of them were based on H.P. Lovecraft stories, Um, Hmm. and the most famous of which is Reanimator. That is definitely a horror uh, pillar, uh, a cult classic, if you will. But um, right after Reanimator, Stuart Gordon made another movie with many of the same cast members that doesn't get as much praise, but that I think is also fantastic. Um, is it Shocker? No, it's called From okay. Beyond. From Okay, I've heard of From Beyond. From Beyond is great. It stars uh, some of the same cast members as Reanimator, like I said, uh, Jeffrey Combs um, and... Uh, oh shoot, I'm blanking on the actress's name. Uh, Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, Scream Queen. Yes. Yes, sorry, back it up a little bit. Stars uh, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, and uh, a number of other kind of great 80s uh, uh, that guy actors. Uh, but anyway, it is excellent. And it's in the same vein as Reanimator in that it has amazing practical special effects. The gist of the story is that there's a a scientist and his assistant are working on this device and what they do with the device is it sort of opens up a portal to another dimension. Um, And that dimension or some being from that dimension ends up killing uh, the main scientist that created this invention. Killing! Leaving leaving the assistant, Jeffrey Combs, uh, by himself and uh, as the main suspect for the um, doctor's death. So in comes Barbara Crampton, who is a psychiatrist, and also, oh, shoot. uh, Boy, I'm dropping the ball today. Oh, Ken Foray comes in as, I think, a detective. I love Ken Foray. But the two of them are there to investigate what happened. And so Ken Foray, Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs end up sort of getting wrapped up in... Uh, this machine, this device that um, accesses another dimension, another portal, and at the same time sort of accesses their innermost desires. Um, And it just kind of goes from there. And it's a very kind of gooey movie, if that makes sense. Like, there's like lots of like gooey, like yucky special effects. Um, And it's 
you just got to see it to appreciate it. It's freaking great. And it's uh, one of his movies that doesn't get talked about as much as, say, Reanimator um, or some of his other uh, uh, more popular films. So there's my recommend. Check out From Beyond. Now, is this a good film to pair with like a, a dinner? Like, should I be eating when I watch this movie? No, you should be drinking when you oh. watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. really freaking great. Like it, if you have ever seen Reanimator and you enjoyed it, you should absolutely watch From Beyond. Like that, okay. made for you. Yep. Reanimator. Yeah. Also produced by Brian Usna, who is also known for pretty crazy, goopy special effects in his films that he's directed. So, lots of good people behind this movie. Awesome. Yeah. Good recommend there, All Jeff. Right. That's what I got. What do you got for us this week, Mr. Zabriskie? Well, I'm glad you asked, Mr. (laughs) Glover. Uh, So as you do when you're watching YouTube late at night, you kind of go down just like a recommend trail, a recommend river slash waterfall slash (laughs) muddy shore Mm -hmm. like Dutch did. And uh, one such whatever wandering trail took me down uh you know some good music videos Hmm. uh, specifically looking at the music of the bands formed by jack conti if you don't know jack conti he's one of the founders of patreon which i think is really cool but uh, he's he's one of these guys who does a lot of different projects big and small and one of his big music projects is forming a band called Pomplamoose with his wife Natalie Dawn in which they do a lot of mashups and they do original tracks as well they just sound overall awesome Mm. I'm just going to summarize that really quickly Uh, but uh, the part I'm recommending is his band called Scary Pockets they are a funk band that regularly release covers of original songs they regularly release I can't even say regularly (laughs) Dang it. Some more cider. Dang it, wider cider. <laughs> Dick and cider wine now. Drink every time you make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read off their bio from their YouTube All page. Right. We are Scary Pockets, a funk band that releases weekly music videos in pursuit of the funk. Scary Pockets is Ryan Lerman and Jack Conti with the help and support from a rotating <laughs> roster of the best session musicians in the LA area. If you don't know where to start with Scary Pockets, start with I Will Survive, which is, of course, the Gloria Gaynor original song. It is a funk cover done by Scary Pockets featuring the vocal talents of Mario Jose. And it is so, so good. So, so good. A little snippet. Play a little snippet, and I'll drop it in right here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but they do all they do all manner of songs from lots and lots of different eras. Can't help but check them out. That is Scary Pockets. Scary Pockets. Nice. That's a good recommend. Haven't had a lot of music recommends. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. So it was, it was good to kind of go down that. I, 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 by and large, don't listen to music anymore except for... The songs from Frozen One and Frozen <laughs> yeah, Right. Two. Both excellent movie soundtracks. Show yourself. <laughs> even even Gus sings along because he's just like oh. just kind of the happy go lucky 
riding along with us and just like, I guess we're going to sing Let It Go again. Let it go! My girl this little for about two months voice. was sing Show Yourself and Into the Unknown. Yes. Wow. Yeah. They kind of got away. Did you know Panic at the Disco did a really good cover of End of the Unknown? I really like it. Is that the one that plays over it's the final really credits? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly the one. It's, it's very anthemic. Yeah. I, I love it. It's just, yeah, rocking. Hmm. But we're all done talking recommends. Sorry. Nice to know you recommends. Jeff, where can people find you? I'm on the Twitter. Jeff Glover. Carl underscore Hungus 314. Come follow me there. My name is Carl been expert. <laughs> you can follow Predatorman on Twitter at Dickens Cider. <laughs> so, fellas, for the sake of the economy, get a Dickens Cider. No, 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 you cannot. Don't go there. Okay. <laughs> Just Google that during the day, you know, in the public place. You'll be, You'll fine. be fine. Uh, but you can find Predator Minute on the Twitter at Predator Minute. You can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com. And you can also, like we've explicitly mentioned, you can't miss it. Just go there now. I don't know what you're waiting for. If you don't have a Facebook account, create one. I don't even care if it's your real name. doesn't matter. But join the Predator Minute yes. listeners. It really is just part of the show. You can be a part of a fun community, posting all sorts of factoids and personal experiences and your own connections to how you know all the actors from Predator and other things that uh, we have talked about on the show. For sure. Do it. Yeah. For all things Predator Minute 79, I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. Now it's. <laughs> hey, now that I think about that kind of. If you kind of take like the first and maybe the last note, does that make a. Hmm. It's all coming together. <laughs> this is a raspberry cider from Whiter's Cider. Hmm. Why, why, whiter? Like white? Whiter. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm whiter than you. No, it's like W-Y-D-E-R. Like uh, probably it's meant to look like someone's name, but I mean, I think it just rhymes with cider. There was a like a joke commercial that was going around the internet back in the early days of the internet that was a fake advertisement for a cider company that was called um, <laughs> Dickens Cider. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and they just do all these jokes like, check out the new Dickens Cider Wide Mouth. <laughs> And if you don't like bottles, you can check out Dick and Cider cans. <laughs> they had all these. Oh, man. Funny. Is that your recommend? Is that your old school recommend? Yeah, just find the old Dick and Cider. <laughs> Big commercials. Out. <laughs> Up here in Maine, Dorothy and I have been making and bottling our Dick and Cider the same way for over 40 years. But Dorothy Dickens says it's time for a change. Not to worry, though. We're not changing the taste of a Dickens cider. 
We're changing the way you get your dick inside her. <laughs> now there are three great new ways to enjoy your dick insider. Because great-tasting dick insider is now available in jugs, cans, and boxes. Hey, Mom, I'm home. Got any dick insider? Sure do, honey. Help yourself. Okay. You know, I used to need Mom's help if I wanted a dick insider. <laughs> oh, man. But that was before we found the dick insider box. <laughs> what? Now, I don't need help from anyone, because even a kid like me can squeeze a dick insider box. Oh, Personally, I prefer the Dick Insider can. What? It's lightweight and convenience allows me to take the great taste of Dick Insider everywhere I go. At home. In the car. Heck, I even put a Dick Insider can on my desk at work. <laughs> Yesterday, I overheard my husband, Bill, talking to a friend of his. He said, my wife can't get enough Dick Insider. And you know what? He's right. That's why I buy Dick Insider in the new 64-ounce jug. In fact, if Bill were here right now, he'd tell you, my wife just loves the big Dick Insider jug. <laughs> All natural. <laughs> Wholesome, delicious Dick Insider. Ask your grocer about the new Dick Insider jugs, cans, <laughs> Or boxes. <laughs> and don't forget to try the long neck Dick Insider and the Dick Insider Wide Mouth. <laughs> no matter how it comes, there's no bad way to enjoy a Dick Insider. Dick Insider, a division of Good Swift, a wholly owned subsidiary of Tommy and Rumble, Manshank, Virginia. <laughs>